Do you hear that? It is the forewarning of doom. If you and negative man separated for 60 seconds, you die! Welcome back, Cosmic Nobodies, to your favorite astrophysical radio show, This Side of the Milky Way. Some strange rumors are surfacing about experiments going on in the infamous Calder House. Let's check in on those derelicts, the Doom Patrol, and what perils might befall them. Welcome to Doom Patrol Radio, the show where Nathan and I talk about Doom Patrol by each individual episode. Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 4 of Titans, which is called Doom Patrol because it is our first glimpse into the cast and crew that is going to be betraying our beloved characters uh, from books that we're exceptionally fond of. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for that. (laughs) And uh, we have... We've been, been waiting for this for a long time. Very long time. We've gone on record of how big of fans of Doom Patrol we are, and you have no idea how excited we are to start talking about this. Yeah, and it's what's so interesting about it is the Titan show has been in development for a very long time. Um, a lot of people have been waiting for Titans, and uh, just finding out that, one, the Doom Patrol is going to be in this Titan show... And then all of a sudden it's like they're going to have their own show. Yeah. Is like not even... It was one of the best snowballs you could ask for. It's not even a gift. It's a miracle. <laughs> that Doom Patrol... Like, it, like we started talking about... You got me into Doom Patrol. We started talking about yep. Doom Patrol. And then like within the year they announced a yeah. TV show. It just felt it like... It was great timing. All the signs were pointing north. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, but it just seemed... <laughs> It just seemed like um, just it seemed like a miracle, um, and so in in this episode of Titans, we are introduced to the the core group of Doom Patrol. The you know Arnold Blake fans will know this this Doom Patrol, um, Grant Morrison fans of Doom Patrol, uh, Gerard Way's you know there's people who probably their first Doom Patrol experience was Gerard Way. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, we're introduced to the core group, which is... Rita Farr. Should we be doing actors at the time? We'll do actors later. Rita Farr. Uh, you got the robot man. You got the robot man. You got the negative man. <laughs> you got the negative man. You got the chief. We do have the chief. Should I, should I have been last? I was saving old, no. old BB yeah, for last, because I, uh, I don't know why. But it, that we yeah, And, bonus, you get the Beast Boy origin proper, mind you. Proper, proper. I'm a big fan of, of Beast Boys Doom Patrol Origin, uh, and uh, it's just great. Yeah, it's it. You know, uh, there's usually some reservations people have when they see live action. Usually, the first time you see a live action comic book adaptation, mm-hmm. it's either it's usually a miss, and then they redo it, and then it's better. You know, Green Lantern, Spider-Man, Captain America. Usually when they do things... Uh, I don't know. I can't categorize those because it was a different time of when comic book movies were coming out. And it was a different tone and a feeling. And the audience was a little bit different. It's hard. So, 
I was going to say that if a comic book movie, like a live-action adaptation, it's either 50-50, and that might be true, um, but also that could be true for almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'll say that when the Titans was all premiering and all that live-action stuff, mm-hmm. I was still on the fence. I was like, uh, okay, cool, it's a Teen Titans live-action. Obviously, they're doing a Teen Titans live-action. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's going to be... A- and I was like, okay, whatever. Now that I've been watching it, I'm I'm sucked in. It's I'm, I'm sold. It's I'm 100% sold. It's yeah. it's perfect. It's great. And then um, it was just you know a little bit after the fact that the Titans was coming out. It was like, oh, by the way, Doom Patrol's a spinoff of this, and that was just it's fantastic. Uh, the gates of of my nerd heaven just opened, and and everything. Cherubs were there. Uh, they were singing. There was maybe some lightning bolts, but good lightning bolts. The not good bad, kinds. The good kind. The Zeus lightning bolts. He's still a bad guy, but it's yeah. not that great of a guy. Well, he, yeah, now, there, is, uh, there are people who, who love to talk about Titans. There are Titans podcasts out Of course. There. That's not us. That's not us. <laughs> I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Not at all. But we're sharing common ground here for a bit. So we are going to talk about... Uh, I guess we won't touch too much on the actual Titans themselves, save for Beast Boy. But, um, you know, I was very uh, hesitant on the Titans show itself in in general until I saw the first episode and I was like, hey, you know what? I understand what you guys are doing and I buy it. Second episode, Hawk and Dove, immediately sold. Mm -hmm. Third episode, fantastic. And then the fourth episode, which is Doom Patrol. Solidified. I was was like, take my money. No one, there there was, I feel like they barely... (laughs) What they did so well is they didn't expose any of it before. Yeah. They had, like, a little sneak preview with, you know, them and, like, eating dinner, which was a big scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. But they didn't give any, not a drop of what Robot Man was like mm-hmm. and not a drop of what Larry Trainer was like. We still, we didn't see anything about the Chief until we saw the episode and we didn't see any, we still haven't seen a lick of anything about Crazy Jane, who will be in the next show, or even Cyborg. Mm-hmm. So they did a great job of, like, yes, we have Doom Patrol, but we're not going to show you any of it until you watch Titans Episode 4. And so I was, like, smiling ear to ear mm-hmm. throughout the, the entire, entire episode. Yeah. Um, what Nate, what is your biggest takeaway from Episode 4 of Titans Doom Patrol? Oh, jeez. The biggest takeaway as a whole, mm-hmm. I think it is. You know what it is for me? Yeah, say it. Danny Street. Just that. Just the Danny one. Street. Just the one Easter egg. I, oh man, see, I was going wide picture. That's great though. I love that. I, I want to talk about that. The, was yeah. the the height? That was the the angel singing moment where they were like, that called mm-hmm. their house on Danny Street. Yeah. I was like, we like, in it now, boys. Me? <laughs> Yeah. Um, Ring that bell, boys. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, one of the better things that I thought was just everybody as, as the character, the Doom Patrol that I'm that I saw on screen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm considering this episode four as the pilot episode to Doom Patrol. I'm assuming mm-hmm. we're all right in that. Okay. I'm a firm believer of in mostly all shows, the pilot episode is the best. That's a yeah. There's people that think this as well. I know it's a known thing. Pilot episodes are usually the best of the episode, of the series. Um, That's your big... No, that's not my big takeaway. The big takeaway is 
the character's rendition of them. These actors portraying these comic book oh, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a team. So you take anybody and you slap him in a Superman suit. You put him on the big screen and say, okay, he's your Superman now. I'll If I like him at first, great. If I don't like him at first, I'm sure I'll like him later on. Mm-hmm. But that's it. It's just, okay, he's playing Superman now. Oh, she's playing Supergirl now. Oh, this is the Batman we're getting now. When you introduce a team of heroes that I am so fond of, like the Doom Patrol, Mm -hmm. it's a different feeling of what I saw when I'm watching them on screen. It's not... I mean, yeah, when Ben Affleck was there and he was in this suit, it was like, hey, I leaned over to you. Hey, that's bad. That's Mm. cool. But when the Doom Patrol is on the screen, it's my jaw is on the ground, my eyes are watering, my heart's beating, and I'm screaming... This is Doom Patrol. I finally can see a live-action Doom Patrol. This is great. This is what... I don't understand it. And it's not even, like... Like, deep-cut Doom Patrol. We weren't getting any metaphysical. We weren't getting any weirdness as... Well, there were some weird things. But we weren't getting, like... You know what I'm talking about? We weren't getting crazy art stuff in there. We weren't getting just, like... Let me... Let me... Take, step out of my shoes and sit beside myself and think for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get any of that, and I'm okay with that. But the fact that I'm still this jazzed of just getting that little pilot introduction because the character's portrayal of, of these comic book characters that I know and love so much, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. That think, was my biggest takeaway, was the characters. I think what is, uh, what they managed to do right, what they managed to execute so uh, well, is that Titans itself, the show, is a very chasing the real type show. Mm-hmm. It's Raven, Starfire, Robin, real people in the real world, kind of like the DC Cinematic Universe does, where it's like, okay, this is what Superman looks like in the real world. And so they did that with Titans, where it's like, this is what Starfire is like in the real world, Raven. Um, but with Doom Patrol, it's like, they managed to show Doom Patrol like they are in comic books, and it didn't sacrifice anything about the way that they look or sound. Mm-hmm. Larry Trainer and oh. Robot Man still look like freaks of nature, but they still coexist with this very real Robin and Starfire. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that juggling of character design and getting them to work and fit in the universe together and, and seeing them in live action and being like, yeah, he looks real. Yeah. Um, that, that's what's so great about it. They, um, they, they managed to keep it true to form. Um, and for things like Larry Trainer and Robot Man, when we see them in comic books, the only thing that we can imagine from those two type of characters is their voice. Yep. Like, that's the only thing that we... Yeah, when we read the words on the page, we're getting their voices in our head. And for the most part, it's pretty damn accurate. Oh, from the show? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, I don't... Both of them. Perfection. I'm here to tell you, if I could shake their hands, I'd say, hey, you guys... I don't know if it was, you know... It was uh, probably all of it combined. Jeff Johns, I believe, was the writer of this episode. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Whoever directed it, great. It was cool. But if you're telling me that these actors went back and found source material and formed that, if you're telling me Brendan Fraser went back and 
flipped open a Grant Morrison Doom Patrol and just read some Robot Man stuff and was like, "That's the voice. all right. I got cynicism. Mm-hmm. I got to do this. Like that's it. I'm I'm standing ovation for you, my friend." Yeah, it's a it's a standalone complex type thing where we all have read Doom Patrol, but none of us have had a conversation about what Robot Man sounds like. Mm-hmm. I never talked to Jeff Johns about what Robot Man sounds like, but you know him and uh, you know like Larry Trainer. It's like they, I think uh, there's a moment where Raven meets Larry Trainer and she's like, "Are you invisible under there?" And he's like, "Wouldn't that be nice?" Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like okay, there, there's the uh, there's a like pessimistic Larry Trainer that <laughs> we all know, and it, and it sounds very like deaf monotone, like you oh, get that what? echoey effect as well. It's just perfect. Um, I mean they. They did get it in the animation a little bit. Mm-hmm. We do hear them talk, and it's and it's good. But it, again, it's it's animation, um, and it's again it's a cartoon. Of course, they're gonna have cartoon voices or whatever. But you don't expect like you're expecting. Okay, this is still realism. Let me bring this comic book world into the realistic world. But I'm not going to sacrifice the precursors of what these characters were before in past media. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, that's. Uh, it's great that you bring up the, like the difference between animation and live action, because normally when they do live action, then then everything gets changed. Um, but because it's still voice acting, you still retain that idea of what Robot Man should sound like and what uh, Larry Trainer should sound like. Um, so it ju- it just feels really cool to to see it work so well. It, you know, to take the liberties where you need to to make the character live action but still retain the part that we all kind of share strangely like a and like an understanding of how they should sound um robot man is the first one that we meet for the doom patrol well, beast boy we meet beast boy first mm-hmm. um takes uh beast boy takes raven to the caller house and robot man is the first one that we're introduced to it's the first time we hear brendan fraser doing the voice and they write Robot Man well to, like, in the sense that, like, his dialogue is uh, very profound, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's swearing left and right. He's got, like, these drop-dead, like, um, kind of like, ah, oh, shit. Like, oh, shit's yeah. hit the fan kind of yep. voice, but he's, but he's, like, so used to it in the sense, like, ah, oh, shit. Like, what are we dealing with now? You know, so... And the- that's what I've always... Like taken away from the character, and especially Morrison's run. Like, he's always been that guy that I wouldn't say takes charge, but always has to. He assesses the situation and just, ah oh, man, and then let's deal with it. Like mm-hmm. it's just one of those. Like, can't get any worse. There's Maybe a, it could. <laughs> there's a bit in um, there, like the chief who we'll get to. They, like, bring in some patient that they're going to help. I think her name is, like, Shailene or something. Some Vietnamese woman who, like, has, like, freezing powers or some sort. Uh, she got a, a tank of liquid nitrogen pulled on her, like Boris from GoldenEye. Not the T-1000 from T-2? You couldn't have made that reference? No, I like GoldenEye better. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, and so, like, she's she's dying. And you just go, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like systems down kind of thing. And he's just like, oh, well, this is it. Um, and it reminds me of like I just sent you this the other day where I was reading Doom Patrol, and he gets like to- Robot Man gets like torn in half, and he's like looking at Crazy Jane. Tell me, Doc, will I ever dance on Broadway? Because <laughs> he's got no legs. 
and you gotta like especially when you're looking at like pages like that you look at this guy it's half robot and you know the artist did a fantastic job of making it look painful oil spills like mm-hmm. bolts and nuts and stuff will spill it's like oh my gosh he's torn in half but at the same time you gotta remember oh wait wait he can't feel anything I think this is just a mild inconvenience for the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's all right. Like it's, it's just one of those slapstick, uh, not even slapstick, just dry, dry humor. Yeah, I think normally when people think of, like, robots, they think of somehow they're, like, indestructible or anything. But mm-hmm. it's like, nah, this is just because we can't actually produce a real body for this guy. So he has to live in a tin suit. Yeah. And it's like, if so if he gets hit by a truck, he's, like, obliterated. He's just metal, you know? Um, and they do a great job of making Robot Man uh, sound like he's made out of gears. Oh, you hear like, like really, yeah, bad, really joint. bad, yeah, yes, really exactly. Bad. He sounds mechanical noises. Not okay. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like they're clicking as he moves his hands and stuff. It's so well done. It's really good sound design, um, and it, it it makes it more believable that it's like. Yeah, dude. yeah, you got a tough life. <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah, what you have going on ain't ain't the best of life. Um, and that's what it's always about with Doom Patrol. It's like, it's like, yeah, I want no part in that. Mm-hmm. You guys, if this is what it costs to be a metahuman, a, a superhero, nah, I'm nope, good. count me out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forget it. Um, and they do such a good job with him. His actual wardrobe. Um, where he's actually wearing like a jacket, like the jacket, like yeah, Gerard with the big Way. soldier, yeah. the shoulders and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 like he's a he's ro- been wearing a leather jacket all back, back to Morrison's running stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. Um, they gave him pants. They gave him pants. They gave, they gave him like cool jeans. He's got cool style. Yeah, he's got great style. Um, and then Larry Trainer, he's he's got his he's got the bandages, but he's also got like his aviator type clothing. He's, he's got the flight. He's got a flight suit, which uh, for some reason it threw me off. I don't know why. I've, but he always wears like the, a one piece suit, and it took mm-hmm. me a minute to like soak in. Like, oh, that's what they actually look like in person. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's on point. And he throws on the bomber jacket later on. And the sunglasses. Sunglasses, no, uh, no, ear, no, no rims. No or legs. No legs. No legs. That's great. They're stuck on. There was a little bit that I noticed um, when you first are introduced to Larry. Um, he's singing, mm-hmm. cooking in the kitchen, and he starts to talk. There's a slit uh, in his mouth, and like it's like as his mouth is moving. And then later on in the episode, he does it, and there's no movement in his mm-hmm. mouth. So it seemed like it was one of those post-production, like, okay, let's try it, see if it works, because these are close-ups. Instead of his chin just slightly moving, we need to make it look like he's having a conversation. I feel like maybe they are figuring that out still. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, no mouth movement. Just, like, have, like, the chin move. No mouth, yeah. But, like... The audio still needs to be like that echo, like you're doing perfect on it, but like no, no slit. I don't think he ever. Has I'm trying a mouth. to think because I'm like, does he need to eat? Like, because Robot Man doesn't need to eat, and I was thinking like, well, Larry Trainer, he's. I don't know. I don't think he really needs to eat. I mean, if it was like Rebus, like Morrison Rebus, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to eat. Probably not. No. It doesn't need to eat. Rebus doesn't need yeah, to. It eat. It doesn't need to eat. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it is one of those things where I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't need to talk or, or not talk, but, like, maybe he doesn't... He doesn't need to have a mouth. The slit doesn't need to be there, yeah. right? It's just one of those things where it's like, 
Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's, I think it's more distracting to me because I keep looking. It at was it. distracting to me. Yeah, it is one of those things. Um, but other than that, flawless. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Everything else was like there really wasn't anything else to to be kind of questionable about. Um, and if the mouth stays, so be it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, honestly. Um, Rita Farr, this was something that um, I thought should be in the show. Yeah. The fact that Elastigirl, when we are introduced to her, is a very hesitant moment. Because normally we know Elastigirl as Elastigirl. Basically how we see... You know the the, the golden Dis- the age, Disney the Disney version Disney's Elastigirl yeah okay so and you know that's what she was when she was conceived she was Fantastic Four type mm-hmm. character but then we have to go back to hey you guys are all freaks who have the worst luck and it's like we need to show Elastigirl as someone who is having a very hard time keeping those muscles like intact and, and putting herself together as she says and so having the willpower to do that exactly the all the yeah. time and um, you know I was thinking about it and and you know when they were about to introduce her I was like she has to be just a blob a blob and they show <laughs> her as this blob in her room and I go this makes a lot of sense yep, this they is did it. what it should be yeah. she should be fighting um, to keep herself together. Um, my question is, like, she has the ability to kind of basically shape her body. Can she... I don't know much about Elastic Girl, but can she change into looking like someone else? Because the other... Madame Rouge? Yeah. She can do that. I don't I don't know if Elastic Girl can do that. I'm... Can she only shape her body back into what she who she is you know yeah I think she's a depressed Mr. Fantastic absolutely yeah so like she can't do so she keeps her Rita Far form she just does stretchiness and, and size change it's more like she can't I don't think she like makes a hammer out of her fucking sorry we're cursing the show curses we're cursing <laughs> makes a hammer out of her fucking hand and smashes it correct me if I'm wrong listeners um, but the she tough- does. She does stretching. She does stretch Armstrong stuff. The toughest thing that that those type of characters can do is is scaling. So if she wants to be like Giganta, she has to tell every molecule in her body that she wants to scale, not just stretch. And so, like, doing that for your whole body is like the toughest thing to do. And so like, I'm thinking maybe that's like. That's like, you know, in Civil War when Ant-Man is like, oh, I'm just oh yeah, be but giant. I could tear myself in half. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, imagine Elastigirl trying to tell her whole body, I need you to scale dynamically. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's like got to be incredibly difficult to do. And yeah, it, it, it just seems like, yeah, that would be a lot of work. Like, it's not that you are telling yourself to stretch. It's like you're always just a blob. You just gotta yeah. You gotta tell, keep your composure. You gotta tell yourself not to stretch. Yeah. And so like that, and I I loved it. I love that um, she that she actually has that issue to deal with. Um, I think in in Brave and the Bold, it's just that she, she just looks like she let herself go. Yeah. But like in the more traditional sense, not in the. No, you're actually just a, a, just a, blob. a blob of flesh if you don't yeah. control it. 
So it is really cool. Character is also played very well. She has the like slight edge to like the typical uh, classic black and white kind of star. Like they call her the Crimson Lady. She's like mm-hmm. an actress, and it's it's like that it, again. Going back to the Disney thing, like she seems like a Hollywood star from like the Hollywood Studios type era, but like turned on its head basically. Yeah. And so it is pretty cool. Um, all three of them just knocked out of the park. Um, and uh, here's an interesting thing before we talk about the, the, the chief himself. But they're having dinner and they have like a feast that goes synonymous with the Doom Patrol, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're having chicken and waffles, which apparently for Titans, like waffles is like they gotta have waffles right it's, that's a thing for Teen Titans that's a thing yeah. for Teen Titans so they keep bringing waffles back I think waffles are in every single episode of Titans um and so but they they're having like onion rings and like they have like a Tonka truck that's like full of food as well and so like they have weird oh a spaghetti truck that's a thing this, now what? spaghetti served in a dump truck that's a thing I'm it's telling you what man what planet? this one buddy <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of yeah, that. Yeah, it's a thing. Why? I don't know, man. It's and then, like you can do other things. Like a dump truck is also a thing. Like I know like uh th- there was a place that used to be over here that used to serve like uh, big old ice cream things in a dump like a Tonka truck. I'm going to get a Hess Express like Can't do that anymore. It doesn't exist. Cement mixer. Nope, doesn't exist. That has fondue in it. I love it. I love it, but we can't. (laughs) (laughs) You missed that boat by two years, bucko. Um, That is the purest form of Americana. A a a dump truck with spaghetti in it? A taco truck full of spaghetti in it. That sounds like uh, Christmas in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, so that is a, that is a, that is a, that has been served like that before. Um, But you're not wrong. It's, you wouldn't expect anything less from, uh, from the Doom Patrol, there's a yeah. uh, negative man made. To me, uh, it made sense. He made like an onion ring man. Onion I'm ring assuming that's probably him. He probably made it of him himself. That's kind of cool. Um, there was like, oh man, they had cheeseburgers. They passed Rita a cheeseburger at one point, and it looks like you remember when looking at a Krabby Patty, and it's like that is the most perfect looking cheeseburger. That's what those burgers look like. Yeah, it was perfect. They're like. What was weird about, like, Larry Trainer is cooking like a perfectionist because I feel like Larry Trainer in some way is a perfectionist, so it made sense that he was cooking and just nailing everything. Mm-hmm. Onion rings are cooked perfectly. He probably does it every day for Rita, though. And it, I gathered, well, Beast Boy did pick up, like, a tray of a bunch of food and stuff like that, took it down when they first went up there. So I'm assuming that Larry does cook like that every day. Every they do, day. They do have a sit-down dinner every day, I'm assuming. And he has to They are a family. Cooks. Yeah, they are a family, um, and and he cooks like that every day. I'm assuming every day. That's why, like, I mean, he does have that end tagline, like "Who's hungry? Anybody hungry?" It's like he, <laughs> Larry probably cooks a bunch. Yeah, that's awesome. What a great guy. I love him all. I can't I can't find anything I really don't like about. That. Really, it's it's hard. Um, I don't think there was anything. Before we talk about uh, the chief, do you uh, well, let's talk about chief now. Okay. So um, Bruno Bashir is, is is playing the chief. Uh, he's playing Niles Kohler now. Um, and obviously we've heard that Timothy Dalton in the show Doom Patrol is mm-hmm. playing uh, Niles Calder. Um, 
good news, or not good news and bad news, some hit and misses um, with Niles Calder. Apparently, this pilot episode for Doom Patrol, Bruno Bashir is casted as Niles Calder, and uh, he's bipedal. He's not paraplegic. <laughs> uh, he's they not did mention that he he did like he just got walking again. Cliff yeah. did say something like, he, "Oh, he just got walking again." But then they go and then they break his back again just to put him back in the wheelchair. Good. It, it's, it's well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's good that he will be in the wheelchair, but it's even better that we got piece of shit now. It's called him. Yeah, we didn't get like, you know, Professor Xavier. Now it's called enlightened. Like yeah. I'm a good guy now. I'm a like yeah. I'm a good guy. We're all good guys. Yeah. We're gonna be. I good feel guys. bad about what I did for you guys. No, yeah, shut up. And you know, like it, what it goes back down to is like, Doom Patrol is the doomed version of X Men or Fantastic Four. Like they're just the worst. The shit. doomed family team. Exactly. Air quotes. So they all have to have huge flaws, and Niles Calder has to be that. Yeah, you got this team, but you're not helping it any more than like that. You just got the weirdos and put them together. You're forcing them to be uh, superheroes and do things that they don't want to do. That's Niles Calder's big, like his biggest flaw, and. Uh, so I'm glad we have that. Um, I thought it was weird to say that he learned to walk again just to break his back and put him back in the wheelchair. Um, uh, Bruno Bashir portrayal of Niles Calder, not bad. No, it was it, great. Yeah. My it, voice went up crazy high, but I meant so. it. Yeah, I meant it. Um, they say when your voice goes up, you're usually lying. But I was I was impressed I don't know by him. That. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I liked him a lot. Um, the accent threw me a curveball, but I recovered. I caught it and uh, gave the catcher a wink, a hat tip, and a butt pat. So I, we're all friends now. When I think of Niles Caller, I think uh, I think his voice. I think like the DC Nation shorts. Do you? It's a, there's like a a transatlantic. Yeah, I know what you're talking like about. I always felt Sean Connery. Yeah, because... I always heard Scottish. I always thought he was yeah. Scottish. Again, we're going back to, like, the Criterion Collection, mm-hmm. like Casablanca type. Yeah. That era of, you know, the 50s and 60s of, of Hollywood is usually what we think about when we think of, like, the Arnold Blake Doom Patrol and that kind of vibe that they give us. Um, so but it's it, also, like, still they seemed almost stuck in that time period. Maybe in a mindset type of way, not uh, artistically, like like jumping from Arnold Blake to Grant Morrison stuff. Artistically, it didn't stay in that 50s era, but tonal, maybe, it was still a little bit, um, save for like the pop song lyrics that they would throw in, but it still felt like it was 1950s-esque era. Maybe that was because it was a nuclear family that they're trying to portray as Doom Patrol. Um, yes. And is yeah. that it? And with the hat tip to Rita, she's one that sells it all. And it's also the fact that they're not allowed to go and experience. Yes, yes, yes. You know, so yeah. it is kind of like forced on them that they were like, hey, you guys had your accidents during like whatever time, like the 60s. Like these guys could have lived through the 50s and 60s and it's just... You know, I mean, they're metahumans now. You know, all three of them have 
basically facade images of what they used to look like or what they look like now Mm -hmm. um and so it's like they can exist in any time period and that's why it gives them like this displacement of time um so i mean it works well for them what they you know they can basically these characters are immortal now because robot man can be put in a new shell new voice actor just like modulate his voice modulator changes um negative man can find a new host put him in different bandages rita far can just be like oh i stretch my skin differently now and it's a Mm -hmm. different actress you know so there's so many different things that you can do with it um but the most liberal of them like in decision making of of design of the character was the chief niles calder so he's the one that seems the most interesting of okay well how are you going to get bruno Bashir and timothy dalton to switch on the audience and for it to be that easy to absorb and digest um and so that's that's the biggest question going from uh titans episode 4 doom patrol into the actual doom patrol show that we'll get later on um is how they're going to make that that work so so easily um but with the the scene this the scene where they show that they're getting a new patient um the chief is doing his crazy science experiments on this woman who fell in the nitrogen it explains how other members will end up in the doom patrol in the calder house you know when crazy jane or you know whoever else they want to add jacob um who's the dorothy chick who can imagine dorothy, dorothy. so <laughs> it's it's people like that that you know now it's called her would be like i'm here to quote unquote help people yeah. mento it could be a cool one yeah he'd be a dangerous one he'd probably be like an even more he'd be like an extreme version of maybe like hawk in the show like just a real asshole <laughs> it's a telepath you throw a telepath at anything especially a telepath that has I was going to say daddy issues, but... Yeah, maybe. I mean, the telepath issues might be enough. Like, just imagine being telepathic. It might be the worst thing ever. Yeah, probably. Um, or just make you a really egotistical prick. You never know. But it, it is interesting <laughs> that they open the door. I'm willing to flip that coin, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's real interesting that they open the door for like, uh, for, like, these other characters to come in because they just had that little scene where it's like, hey, let's... Uh, Let's show what happens when Niles Calder brings in a new patient. Um, that's what was so easy. And it also worked because it foreshadowed that Raven was eventually going to be get, be put through that process. Um, final uh, character that uh, I want to talk to you about is, is Beast Boy himself. Okay. He is a Titan. He's part of the Titan show. And at the end of this episode, he becomes one of the Titans. But he was part of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And so... I really, really like this Beast Boy. I think, oh, yeah. I think the idea that he has normal skin, and then if he wants to change into an animal, then it turns green. It makes sense to me because like the chlorophyll and the blood will start to change and stuff like that, and he's activating those genes to rearrange yep. his DNA. It's like, yeah, dude, win-win situation. I get it. I'm sold. He doesn't have to always be green. And he's got green hair. He looks great. Yeah. Design is great. Cool jacket. Cool dude. Um, when he did turn that that Beast Boy mode, when he did turn green, got the two teeth on the, the bottom. Teeth. Man, yeah. I don't know. I want you to get a jacket like that, and I want what you to. What person your hair. isn't attracted to Beast Boy when he has those fangs out? It's like, yeah, dude. I, I don't see. know. 
I have a question. So, still about Beast Boy. How old are you going to guess that he is? Are we introduced to that? Do we know that? I think he is 18. I think he's like 16, 17. Even like 13. Yeah, no. I don't know. I don't make the rules here, pal. I, okay. If it's, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not knocking anything. I'm probably, it's probably a, a good bet that their relationship will be platonic. Um, but it still will be like a more. I'm. I'm actually. I actually do care for you. Not a. Not a love interest. It's. It's. Um. When. When things start in season one, like when shows start to yeah. develop things in season one, I always get a notion that they're building it up now because they want to get to the part where it all goes to shit. Yeah. You introduce Raven and Beast Boy being good buddies now. Because then you introduce someone like Tara, and yeah. it just, yeah, and like, okay. like it just, it destroys everything. Okay, um, I get it. So I, yeah, looking forward, I, like I feel like okay, things are going a little too easy. Yeah. Shit's gonna hit the fan. The one other thing that I want to bring up about Beast Boy is that he does mention that you know Niles thinks he can unzip his DNA and rearrange it, and then it's. It's a non-spoken conversation of Raven, like, well, why you turn into a tiger, dude? Mm. It's like one of those things. Of course that's the question you're going to ask. And he comes back with the tiger. I just liked him ever since I was a kid. I don't know. He thinks it's psychological. So now I'm assuming four episodes into the show, he can only do tigers. He can only do tiger. Wasn't that the same deal when he was part of the Red in the New 52 when it first started up? Wasn't he only doing a tiger at that point? I heard the... I feel like I heard this a lot, but I also I get think a, in Arnold Blakey only did tigers. I've heard things like sometimes people write their Beast Boys like, yeah, I can only turn into T Rex, gorilla, and rhino, rhino. T yeah, monkey. Yeah, and that's it. Um, T Rex out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I'm gonna be anything, I'm gonna be a dinosaur, right? Um, but then I'm always like, am I? Is that a real rule, or am I just thinking of Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Meatwad can only turn into hot dog and igloo. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, I, I think I'm making this up. Mm. But I'm pretty sure that is a thing where normally Beast Boy is written to have only a few forms. Like, he hasn't mastered it because he is a teen titan. If he's titan. rearranging his DNA and building it back to be a tiger, doesn't that mean he has to know every gene sequence of a tiger to build that back up like imagine trying to just figure out one animal other than a human being I don't even know that stuff and if you're telling me this dude can feel it and unzip it and zip it back up to anything that he wants dang dude it's probably gonna take me a while just to learn three animals it would have to be another mammal cause like I couldn't even start to think about uh, like marine life where it's like okay and now I need to breathe underwater and change my yeah. DNA that way and again he is a Doom Patrol uh, member at some point he was a Doom Patrol member so it has to go back to yeah dude you're not perfect either and yeah this is what you're going to be dealing with Yeah. if Beast Boy had everything locked down and knew what he wanted to change into and he was really good at it he'd be a Justice League member you're right they would be like yeah, uh, yeah. You're like maybe a rung underneath Martian Manhunter. You're gonna come join this yeah, team. Oh, Animal Man. Yeah, he's like B team Martian Manhunter, um, or Animal Man. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been a, a great first introduction to Doom Patrol. We were uh, we both saw it separately, but like we both had the same talking points when we came in. 
They mentioned Danny the street, which mm-hmm. I had. A, I turned to Johnny and I was like, I, I'm sold. They, yeah. they mentioned Danny the street. Biggest takeaway: I hope we see Danny the street evolve and, and grow into an actual person. Fingers crossed for Danny Land. Yeah, and like, an, or an actual entity, and like, actually have like maybe an episode dedicated to like some wacky adventure. Just carry a brick around. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> they just. Like have I? I want to see like messages on windows being rearranged. And like, oh, how was your day? Yeah. Like, I want to see. I want to get into the more Morrison stuff, where they start getting weird with it. And Danny, I do too. Danny of the Street felt like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're gonna do this. So get ready for it. Um, one of the cool things, uh, and the first thing we got to see in the Calder House was uh, Beast Boy's room. Mm-hmm. Or Beast Boys like basement. There was a lot of cool uh, going again going back to the fifties and sixties. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Godzilla action figures, stuff like that. Uh, vintage toys and games. It was all really cool stuff. And we both talked about Tarzan. Yeah, being played Tarzan boy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, uh, couldn't have been more perfect. That, <laughs> I literally I leaned back in the couch and I was like, Yeah, they're playing Tarzan. Yeah, I get it, it. I was like. Well, well done, music team. I stood up. I had to pause it. Uh, I was watching it alone. I looked around my apartment, knowing that no one was there, hoping for an audience. Look, are you guys getting this? Are you? Are, do you it's Tarzan Boy. Beast Boy's introduction song is Tarzan Boy. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was just one of those it's perfect phenomenal. things. Yeah, it was actually it was a great time. Um, it's gonna be a while until we see these guys again, but it was it, it was a very good pilot episode. I'm I'm in love with it. Uh, I think they nailed all the characters. Um, I can't wait to see uh, see them again. Um, yeah, your overall thoughts? Fantastic, F- phenomenal, phenomenal. If you guys haven't seen it yet, I hope you guys see it. If this is the first time you're seeing Doom Patrol in any capacity, I hope you guys have fallen in love with them. Uh, I hope you guys. We'll definitely check out more about Doom Patrol, whether it's like an animated thing or reading books or whatnot. Definitely check them out. It's a cool story that they got going on, cool cast of characters. Um, and I think that's it. I think... Uh, if you had any opposing thoughts, please let us know, because we, we want to engage. We want to know what you liked, what you disliked. I'm very curious. We what can you're talk looking forward about to. This. Yeah. yeah, what you, what you hope to see. Uh, look, Doom Patrol is a big big subject so i mean we can go on for so long about this and uh and we will yeah absolutely and so if you want to talk to us you can find us on all social media at radio doom patrol your facebook twitter and on facebook we also have a, a facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society where you can chat with us and other people who listen to the show and uh, if you want to follow us personally you can follow us at mark meadows and no clutch nate and yeah we'll catch you guys next time on doom patrol radio A perilous adventure by all definitions, but our heroes will see another day. As the saying goes, we'll meet again, back here on Doom Patrol Radio.